Shall we begin? Welcome everyone to the Dream Sequence Podcast. I am your host Belinda Muneza and this is a storytelling podcast mixed in with a little bit of a lot of other things. Before we get into today's topic, I am going to tell you a little story. So listen closely, get cozy and walk with me through this dream sequence. My guest today is Lindsay M.H. Nyabereka. Uh, Lindsay is a poet, a writer, and how else would you describe yourself, Lindsay? Um, I just describe myself as a creative person in general. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite phrases, I always say I'm a truth-seeking, soul-searching storyteller. Yeah, I think that sums it up. I love that. Um, yeah, she's a writer, she's a creative person, she's a truth-seeker. And MH, that's a very interesting name. When you told me um, that you go by sort of the pen name MH, I found that very intriguing. Um, MH meaning mind to the power of the heart, right? Yes. Yeah, and it's quite it's quite a bold statement to make to to say, you know, I'm giving um, my mind over to the power of the of the heart, which is how I int- interpret it. Um, you know, as a creative person, that's that's often a thing that we struggle with being able to do just giving over the mind to the power of the heart mm-hmm. how did we meet so we met actually um i think it was at a book like a book it was um we met i think we met at it was a book launch right so a poet that oh yeah a book launch yeah exactly yeah a poet that we mutually know had a book launch and we both happened to be there and then we got to talking at some point in the night and then that's how we came to know each other um and i remember i just thought you were very you were very interesting and very inspiring by virtue of that you had done something which i've been trying to do and have definitely had a lot of difficulty with which is just writing and having a collection of poetry putting together a collection of poetry and having it published which is something that Lindsay has managed to do, which I, I really admire. Um, at your very young age, because you and I are like the same age. I think you're younger than me by like a year. But yeah, yeah, just yeah. Yeah, which is pretty cool. But yeah, um, today what we want to talk about really is... Okay, so before we get into it, how are you? How are you doing in this crazy time that we are living in? Gosh, I, I'm just trying to adjust. I think we all are. Mm-hmm. And trying not to let like panic and anxiety about my my future plans that I had that obviously didn't see this situation yeah in the forefront how to be flexible but also keep you know moving with my pursuits yeah it's interesting I saw I saw someone posted online um the other day that um you know always stick to your purpose but not your plans because plans change but the purpose remains the same which oh, I love that is very relatable at a time like this I think we all still have like an idea of our vision and our purpose and what we want to do but the how and when is probably going to change for a lot of people yeah definitely yeah but yeah to start to get into today's poetry first I want to ask how did you get into poetry 
what what has your creative journey been up to this point so from a young age i always just had like such an imaginative mind and i was always reading something and just immersing myself in a novel mm-hmm. or a story or just like a journey in the world that just anything that enticed my mind mm-hmm. and then i always say i started writing as soon as i can if that is a possibility i'm sure i did yeah I can relate to that. Yeah, and then later on it became like a form of expression. Yeah. Throughout until I realized like so I think like poetry is just an expression of you know your voice like figuring out yourself and where you want to go. Mhm. And then at some point it became like okay well, the thing the exact thing that I'm using to figure out myself is actually like myself a core part of myself. Mm and that's a that's an interesting revelation I think for me like you I I started writing at a very very young age I remember like I actually used to write more songs um I used to write song lyrics when I was a lot younger more so than any other form of writing and I remember you know at some age I think around 9 10 I I I made the re- realization that you know cuz I've always been a big fan of TV and film and all of that and I made the realization that you know these people they're not just on camera saying whatever they want there's somebody who's behind all of it who writes the script there's somebody who directs like there's a lot that happens behind the scenes before we get to watch it and I think when I made that realization I immediately was like wait I want to be that person and i remember being like 9 10 writing writing scripts like just playing around with writing scripts and writing a script for like my drama class and like drama club and having like the teacher in charge like i kind of gave it over to the teacher in charge cuz i'd been working on it on like the bus ride home and he happened to be on the bus and he was like what are you working on and i was like i'm writing this script and he was like can i look and he like he tried to get like the other kids involved and everybody else was like what the <laughs> what the hell is this <laughs> what are we doing now and people were very much not into it so i think because i got those kind of uh responses to that stuff that i was really like a geek about um writing and just my creativity were always covert ac- activities there were always things i kind of did in secret and there were things i almost I almost had two separate worlds which is like the world which we all exist in where I did everything that other people do, did that people considered to be socially acceptable and cool and then the inner world where I would write songs write scripts and like read a lot of books and just you know be consumed by all of that so it, it was weird because I felt like I had two separate selves and it it took a while for me to integrate those into into one person into one being into just all of that being me. Um so yeah, I when did you come to own to actually own your creativity and your identity as a poet? What you said about the two separate selves, yeah, that really does connect and relate to my story. Yeah. I was fortunate like with teachers. Teachers definitely like encouraged me and like were able to like you say geek about what I was interested in with Yeah. Me. Being that of course they were in those fields themselves. Mm-hmm. But like outside of that it always felt like this other part exa- that isn't exactly in reality as it was. Yeah. Definitely. 
and then like that realization like what i was saying after like i was just trying to explore like in this inner world of my own and then it became like wait this that you are actually doing it feels too real to yourself to be like just something to use for something else it can actually stand for its like on its own and it can go into various mediums and all that yeah and i think when i came to then publishing my book i was now 18 at the end of last year it took that long but at that point i was like i need something solid and physical mm-hmm. to say okay i'm saying this is what i do and i'm showing it like you can actually touch this and see it and everyone can see it i can see it it's no longer mm. this veil yeah or a wall that's standing between yeah it's you know it's not this thing in in the air i think that's that's a feeling that i think every artist at some point can relate to which is like um you know you need something tangible to be able to say yes there's you know there's something to this dream it's not just something that's in my head it's not just like child's play yeah it's not elusive there's actually yeah there's something that can actually be produced from this and i think you know for me it took a while to come to a place of owning my identity as a poet and as 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 just a creative in general um uh, because when i was younger like i said you know some people around me didn't necessarily take it seriously or encourage it i remember being like 10 years old and telling my mom i want to be a musician and she was like yeah no <laughs> you know like that's that's not a really viable plan so yeah and it, w- it wasn't until high school that i really started to feel that there were people who like who really wanted to see that creative side of me flourish and um i really i'm so grateful for the teachers that taught me that i'm my english teachers um you know my drama teacher those people were very encouraging those people um constantly pushed me to 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 kind of come out of my comfort zone and to really embrace that creative side of me and express it and there's always like you know there's always adversity at the end of the day there's there's always adversity that that that's something that's going to get in the way people that are not going to be supportive but at the end of the day if it's your passion you have to kind of you have to go after it and for me I want to know what exactly was the inciting incident that led you to a place of saying was there like a specific moment or event that happened that led you to say I'm going to embrace this I'm going to I'm completely going to embrace this and I'm and I'm going to dive right in So I think I started like enjoying being immersed in that with the encouragement of the teachers and all that but at that turning point I mm-hmm. I can credit it really to the age of where I was when I decided cuz now i need mm-hmm. to see where am i actually going in the world and i reached a place where it's like i cannot bear the thought of being in a place where i'm stuck and i regret it mm. so i really have to listen to my own choice and where i want to go because obviously there'd be so many voices yeah and it's natural and expected about like where you need to go and all this but just realizing that you know culture and everything in other people's spheres and experiences are going to be so much different and yeah. tailored to them than the world that we live in that you live in and your aspirations and everything so you can take what applies but it's not like there's no rule there's no you should do this or mm-hmm. you shouldn't do that and you can't be stuck in something else yeah and that was just like a thought for me like i'm at sort of this gateway and i need yeah. to decide like how i'm going to move 
yeah for me it was more like i think i had moments leading up to this big moment but you know i had moments where um for instance i had people that encouraged me and i really felt like wow i could i could do this i i only got into poetry i think i actually hated poetry um when i was younger but i only really got into poetry when i was around like 15 so around and form around form 3 my english teacher introduced us to spoken word and for the first time i was like oh wow it poetry can exist in this form and not just like you know the boring very not structured but just very archaic form that we w- had previously been introduced to in english class and she had us write poems and i wrote one that sucked <laughs> and we all had to perform our poems in, f- in front of the class and i hated it so i still kind of hated the idea of writing poetry but i i for the first time i was interested in reading and listening to other people's poetry so i did that for almost about a year i just consumed a lot of poetry and then the next year um uh, my drama teacher had a friend who actually is the person that's the reason we met um Charity Hutete. She's an amazing poet. Um she's the one who had the book launch where you and I met. But yeah, my drama teacher was friends with her and she invited her over to our school to do a poetry workshop. So I went to that and during that workshop like she had us write some and she was so encouraging of what I wrote and she told me like, you know, I really had a voice and she really liked my poem and from that point I was like, "Oh, okay, this is a thing I can do." And then we ended up having a thing at school where if you were a few of us got to perform our spoken word pieces um for the school and i got a lot of positive feedback for the poem that i did so that was the first time where i was like oh i can actually do this i want to dive into this um because there's something here but the big big um inciting incident that kind of made me go fuck it <laughs> i'm just going to do this is that i think when i was around like 17 which is like lower 6 um you know i was heavily involved in the school production the school play and we would have rehearsals like late that would end at like 9 10 o'clock in the evening um you know we had rehearsals during um the weekends you know parents were getting fed up uh, generally everyone's parents were getting fed up but there was a specific night where my parents were just like this is getting ridiculous cuz my mom um, had to pick me up but she has trouble driving at night and my dad had to come with her to help her navigate the road at night and the whole drive home they were just talking about how like ridiculous this was getting they were also really getting tired of it um of it just lasting this long as long as it was lasting and we got home and i just i kind of had a breakdown moment where i was like you guys have never supported um my creative endeavors you've never supported my creativity this is something that i'm really passionate about i've never gotten to do something like this because it was a big moment for me it was the first time um i i had written something that a lot of people were actually going to see be performed it was the first time i was directing something it was it was a big moment for me creatively and my mom was like you know i said this is something i'm so passionate about you guys have never supported it and she said because it's your passion and i was like what <laughs> and she was like passions are not for everyone a passion is for you you can't expect every single person to to relate to and to love the thing that you're passionate about the way you love it it's it's not theirs and at the end of the day 
passion is something you do for yourself even if there's adversity even if it might inconvenience some people at some point and people will complain that doesn't mean you should stop pursuing it we don't want you to stop but it's unrealistic for you to expect us to not complain or be upset when it inconveniences us but at the end of the day it's your passion you have to do it and she gave the example of when she was pursuing her degree in psychology like it was also inconvenient for the family to some degree and not everybody in the family loved that um everything that came about through her, for her to pursue that degree or the up and down traveling that she had to do and how that affected everyone's schedule and all of that we didn't all love that but she still went ahead and did it and that was just a revelatory moment to me because i was like oh okay i actually don't need everyone to like this i actually don't need everyone to support it i think it's difficult because you want the 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 primary people in your life to support it obviously like your parents but at the end of the day your parents are also just people and if they don't love it the way you love it that that's okay that's okay you don't have to do it for them you know it's something that you are doing for yourself and what's interesting why why i remember this moment so much as well is that right after we had that conversation i was walking away to my room i opened instagram the first post i saw is this really great filmmaker that i follow on instagram posted um a picture of the word passion written on a piece of paper that's the first post i saw when i opened instagram and in the caption it said the word passion comes from the latin root pati which means to suffer and she talked about how everybody thinks um passions are something that's supposed to be easy and divine and you fall in love with it and it, it's it's this beautiful consuming thing but really a lot of being passionate about something is being willing to suffer for it being willing to endure all the struggles and the adversity and the difficulty of fulfilling it but knowing that you're doing it for a higher purpose that there's a reason why you need to do this thing and just falling in love with that process and yeah that was crazy to me because that's literally what my mom has just said to me so i just took that as a sign and i was like you know what i'm i'm never going to stop creating just from this moment forward it doesn't matter what gets in the way what's like you know what's making it difficult who's not on my side i'm never going to stop creating because i have to do this for me growing up there were a lot of times when i felt like um when i felt like i wasn't really well i don't want to be this person to say oh i was misunderstood but <laughs> there were a lot of times when i felt like i wasn't fully understood and um in art i found sort of personalities um and and people who 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 told stories that i could resonate with that i that made me feel seen that made me feel supported and i think that's always what i wanted to do with 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 my art and the stuff that i create and i always want to connect people and i want to help people figure out what's going on with them and to figure out where the wounds are and to like heal those and i in in some ways art is medicine to me and i hope that the stuff i create can be that for other people but yeah that's that's just the moment this this was a very long story but that's the story of how i got to a place of just saying i want to fully embrace that you know so yeah so we've talked about sort of not feeling supported but what i really want to get into i think what brought us to this conversation even to recording this podcast is you and i were talking about shame um we got into uh, we got a little bit into the topic of creative shame and i want to talk about that w- uh, were there any points in your life where you 
not only felt like you weren't supported, but specifically felt shameful about being creative? Yes, in general, I think it's something that really needs you to invest your everything, your time, your even financially, and even if it's your own effort that you're putting in, it can be taken in like in a way that results in negative response, especially mm-hmm. from my own experience, what I've noticed, especially being just because I was born with ovaries. Yeah, as a female, I'm not, like, the fact that you're investing so much in yourself, just the idea doesn't always sit well with people. Yeah. And that's, that's a part I want to get into. I really want to get into that just now. But... Yeah, before I get there, I think the thing that you said about it, it takes so much, you know, it takes time, it takes resources to be creative and to and to create stuff. And I think that's definitely where a lot of the shame come, comes from and the fact that you're investing so much in yourself. I think one, it's that for me, I found that trying to set aside time to write, to record this podcast, to do anything creative of any sort, um... And it inconveniencing the people around me makes me feel shameful. Um, I feel shameful about even the littlest things. Just every time I tweet about my thoughts about writing or my, you know, my state of mind creatively, I feel shameful about that. And it's something I'm still trying to work through. It's like, why do I feel shameful about this thing that I love? Um, this thing that I love to do and that I want to share with, with other people, why do I feel shameful that I'm so invested in it? And I think the other thing also is that I think we live in a world where I guess work isn't something that's supposed to be enjoyed. I think everyone deserves to enjoy the work they do, but a lot of us were raised on, you know, it's not about passion. It's about making money and getting food on the table, you know? And there's actually um, a Charles Mungoshi poem. In this poem, Charles Mungoshi talks about how, as a writer, there's this pressure that he that you know he, he describes a specific moment where he's sitting at a desk with an empty page. He's trying to write, and he remembers his dad saying, "Has your writing put any food on the table today?" And there's that shame where it's like, first of all, um, within the creative industry, it's so hard to make money from your creativity. It's so hard to be able to to make a a, li- a living from the work that you're doing and then also a lot of people i think have this mindset especially older generations that work is just supposed to be work it's something that gets food on the table it's not about enjoyment it's almost childish um for you to to want to seek out enjoyment from your work or be passionate about w- your work it's almost considered juvenile and in that way creative people are not necessarily respected in a lot of societies um, so it's something that I constantly feel shame about when I want to create one thing. Um, there's a podcast I was listening to where they were talking about this and they said one thing to help yourself to stop feeling shameful is, for instance, if you um, live in a household where, you know, you have responsibilities in that household, a good thing to do would be to write in the morning when nobody else is awake. So you don't feel shame because it's not like you're supposed to be doing anything else with that time. The only other thing you could have been doing at that time is sleeping. So if you're writing, there's there's no harm done, um, which I, I've tried to implement. But I've also realized that I, I my ideas flow better at night. Um, so writing early in the morning isn't necessarily best for me. It's, I still feel like 
I'm having to do a lot of heavy lifting. Whereas if I ride late at night and then I wake up a little bit later in the day, that might be more helpful for me. But yeah, the thing you talked about being a woman and the intersectional guilt of just, you know, being a creative and then being a creative woman. Let's let's dive more into that. Because I think just the history of, of women's stories and the way women's stories have been told, um, it hasn't been, there hasn't been a lot of space for, for women to be creative in the past and not be shamed for it or not be ridiculed or to fully be given the space that, that they need to be creative. It you know? like you're indulging in a way, self-indulging mm. when you're deciding to create and take up this time and space mm. that is completely different from what has normally been expected. Yeah. 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 And I think in general, like you said, um, w- there hasn't been a lot of space in the past for women to have anything other than a family. You know, than d- there hasn't been a lot of space for women to prioritize anything than their family. Um, women having careers at all has has been controversial and even now women still face adversity in terms of you know having a career that they love um, you know in conjunction with or um, as opposed to having a family and I think the thing with with also being a creative woman is like it's not just it's not just that you're pursuing a career but you're also pursuing a, a career that's very personal you know as a creative you're going to be sharing things that are personal to you. And I think the inner thoughts of women are very radical. They're much more radical than society wants them to be. And I think a lot of the creative women um, who've expressed those thoughts, um, you know, have said things that have been very radical. I'm Right now, who I've been reading a lot, I've been reading a lot of Sylvia Plath, uh, Sylvia Plath's writing. And her poems, there's a lot of, not necessarily controversial, but bold things, bold statements that are made in there where you think, this was a woman in the 1950s, I think. Um, this for sure must have been something that like made waves um, or, contro- or was controversial for her to say. Yeah, I, was, I was actually thinking of yeah, exactly this recently that in general, I have like a personality and an interest for talking about and exploring things that are in themselves controversial. But then it becomes such a thing where you realize, like, if you really think about it, a lot of the things that I may have expressed or the ways I would have expressed myself and other women that would have negative connotations and responses are basically the natural and most basic state for a man. Like, it's not even weird or out of this world. Mm-hmm. And, and on that note, I want, I want you to talk a little bit about um, Lilith and De- Delilah. Tell us about that walk us through that so i was exploring i did a youtube series first which was called wild souls and i was studying some topics at this at that point mm-hmm. and looking at things and asking for feedback and the things i explored and saw especially with gender and everything mm-hmm. i was looking at how people expressing themselves out of social contexts yeah. and what came up often was how women have been so simplified to a binary point where it's either like you're an evil woman. If you look in all any tales and stories about women, 
There's always mm-hmm. just like that evil woman who like because she expresses herself or whatever, she's the worst yeah. and all these descriptions. Or there's the good mother who stays at home, mm-hmm. just a good woman in general who's compliant, receptive, and all that. Yeah. There's no this whole integration of a person as a whole. Yeah. So with Lilith, so after this, I decided, you no, know, I want to take this further, and then I chose Lilith and Delilah, which who the tales of these these women themselves are quite controversial. Yeah. And going into this diversifying of creation and creativity and women where it's not you're either this or you're that you are everything Mm. that a human being can be and that hasn't even been allowed it would seem because you as a woman you're supposed to take up so little space yeah you have to be a certain thing and then realizing wait i'm not anything and even if i found to combat shame even if there's negative responses owning that identity and making it mean your own thing completely transforms it yeah so the way i describe lilith and delilah rather than lilith being the mythical evil first wife of adam who rebelled because she left the garden because he didn't want to be Mm -hmm. under that dominion and rather than delilah being that like woman who makes mankind fall or whatever it is Mm -hmm. whatever connotations they are it's something I was actually embracing and I was like kind of calling upon all these different women with their different associations, negative or positive, and kind of like creating a shrine where I like actually want to learn from these people, yeah. embody their shameful aspects, which may be my own, and transform them, embody their positive aspects and not feel bad about that. Because mm. another thing I found, as I tried to embrace it, it can go the other way where you completely don't care and you're like, okay... I'm not going to listen to all these ideas of what it means to be feminine. Yeah. And then in that, you end up losing parts of who you actually are. Mm. So in trying to be bold and who you are, I found myself also losing my vulnerability. That's when I then brought in, okay, let's, how can I integrate everything? Different forms of being a woman and a person that emates me again, mind and heart, all these other sides that are supposed to be one or the other. Yeah. Finding a middle point for that and talking about things that I'm not supposed to be talking about and integrating it in a wholesome way. I talk about um, race, all of this relating to women, race, sexuality, all these things, mm-hmm. and vulnerability and also strength yeah. and how that can be to formed together, how you can be a creator in so many different ways that do not necessarily involve your womb, literally. It can involve your womb, yes, but in a completely different way. Yeah. Which I explored in one of the poems, yeah. And I think that's so beautiful. That's a very beautiful concept. And guys, please <laughs> give her coins. <laughs> uh, definitely check out her work. I'm gonna I'm gonna link it in 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 the description, and you can check out all of her work because she's a really really good writer. Um, she's she's an amazing writer. But yeah, um, do you think shame can be a useful emotion? What I found, because I think not necessarily creatively alone, I think psychology and your own self and creativity all mm-hmm. come together. So from a standpoint that isn't necessarily creative, just starting from a personal standpoint, mm-hmm. there's guilt. What I've found, like looking into ideas, there's guilt, which is a natural mm. 
consciousness like you do something wrong yeah and then you're like wait i have a conscience this is wrong yeah how can i go about fixing it shame on the other hand is like i am wrong as a person mm. my desires my likes and when it's at a point where it's not like your actions it's literally you that is wrong there's such a hopelessness to that yeah that cannot be beneficial in any way i found yeah like taking responsibility yes can be helpful but when it gets to being shame i don't think so mm. Yeah, I think that's definitely interesting. There's a line by um Richard Sekin, who is a poet that I'm obsessed with, um about shame in which he says shame He says um he says something something like um shame means um you know, you're just the same of the same as, as you're just the same as us but you think you're better than us or something along those lines and i think about that a lot because it's like like you said guilt is is a universal human emotion um you know and in some ways it's healthy for you to feel guilt it means that you have a conscience um it means you have you also have a capability to then rectify yeah exactly but shame is like this deep um this deep almost like i don't know it's like it's like a deep emotional assault on yourself essentially um where you dwell on that guilt and um you let it consume you and you let it stop you from you know doing the things that um you know deep down um come from a good place and and shame can it it, it can in in a way be a destroyer um you know especially in a space where you're trying to create shame is a thing that just destroys everything i think personally i've written a lot of poems i've started writing a lot of poems that really i could have loved if i suspended my shame a little bit for just a bit poems that i could have loved and that other people could have loved and that um might have meant something to someone um that i never finished or never put out because there was a sense of shame and i don't want to say that shame is irrational because i think when you when you've been conditioned to to feel like this this part of you is in something you you should be proud of um it's not irrational for you to feel shame but i think the more you the the the, the more you sort of evolve as a creative f- person you start to realize the shame never fully disappears i don't think it does i don't think you ever get to a point where the shame and the guilt is completely gone but you kind of have to learn to to suspend it a little bit and put it at the back of your mind long enough for you to create and long enough for you to put those creations out um and then once it's out i think with with every time that you put something out and you start to realize um the power of it and the positive impact that it can have the shame starts to get less and less powerful and The other thing I wanted to ask was where do you see yourself in if if we were to suspend all shame and our guilt just for a minute and make bold statements where do you see yourself in 5 years where do you want to see yourself in 5 years in all honesty I think I'd want to see myself in a place where I'm allowing myself to move with what I am mm-hmm. feeling and experiencing at the time mm no matter how it looks like to fully embody yeah. and go after my urges or instincts and desires and really get into that creative self in the literal self definition of it and also the creation mm do you have specific like 
Do you have any specific goals that you're like willing to share? <laughs> Hopefully by then I would have established myself completely as an author. I'm looking to get more into fiction and novel writing. So I think that would definitely be one arena that I would be in fully more and more and without the shame and all that I think I could define that as my part and yeah but mostly like you said before pursuits and passions mm-hmm. over plans mm yeah exactly i try and think of that i i also have like very specific plans i'm like you know there a couple of poetry collections that i definitely want to have done i want to you know i want to get into i i miss um in high school I, very, i was very involved in in theater stuff um cuz i i did drama club and i and i did igcse drama and i fell in love with the stage and writing for the stage and i think i want to do more of that um within the next 5 years and you know there there are a couple other plans but i i still tell myself like you said plans things don't always go to go as planned you know plans don't always uh stay the same who knows what evolution i'll go through in the next year two years that will make me think actually i want to take this direction who knows at the end of the day in 5 years i want to know that i want to be able to look back at myself at 20 which is now and say i've really grown creatively i've really done something that had you know that had impact even if it's on like one person i want to be able to say that thing that i created made an impact and it helped people and and it did something good for the world. Yeah. What do you want to see yourself in 50 years? The greatest thing I think at that point 50 years for me is being satisfied in a wholesome deep level being able to have shifted mm. from mm-hmm. any uncomfortableness I would have felt. to being to be able to look back like you said and say wow mm-hmm. i actually went after what i wanted to go after and mostly mm-hmm. as a person mhm i've become what i always knew i could be mhm definitely my works yeah i think for me in with in 50 years uh definitely yeah? my works i would hope would be imprinted in the world in by 50 years tend to be out there and yeah i've set myself in the parts that i've wanted to creativity novel writing poetry education and self development yeah for sure for me in 50 years yeah like um you know i have i i people always find it weird when i talk about the things that i'm passionate about and that i want to get done i definitely want to have an imp- impact in 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 terms of mental health and that field and I want to go more into actual like um biotechnology and like pharmaceutical uh, stuff especially with regards to like neurology and mental health and all of that which is what 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 my degree that I'm hoping to study in uni is more in line with so I definitely want to have had an impact in that arena and in in a creative you know in a creative sense I also find it a little bit sorry this is a segue but I also find it a little bit um I don't know I think when we say creative to me I think almost everything is creative even when I think of like the the more like scientifically 
um, aligned things that I have in mind. To me, that's still another form of creativity. I think the same thing I'm trying to do with poetry and my art is the same thing I'm trying to do in that arena, which is that at the core of it, it's that I want to help people heal and I and I want to... I want people to be able to to locate their wounds um, or uh, pain um, and be able to heal it, which is, I think that's what's at the core of everything that I do. So in that sense, in 50 years, I want to be able to look back and say, to some degree, I healed the world. I healed myself primarily and I healed, well, not that I healed, but I helped people get to their healing because I don't think I in myself have the power to heal other people. Um, but in 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 some sense, I helped them to get to some place of healing, and that my work has had impact. Also, in fifty years, I want to see myself on a beach house. I don't know why, but I've always had a connection to oceans. <laughs> so I want to see myself on a beach house, just writing poetry all day. I know I'll be like seventy years old, but that's really a thing that that I. I think about it and I'm like, yes, I like that. But, you know, who knows? Who knows if the earth is still going to be here that in 70 years? I mean, <laughs> it's it's fun to theorize and to think about the future and all of this, but the world is chaotic right now. We don't know. But those are just my, my thoughts and I'm, and I'm hoping by speaking them into existence, mm. they will come to fruition. So, yeah, you know, that's, that's where it's at. That's what, that's what the dream is. Thank you, Lindsay, for being on this podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, please note to the listeners, please note all of the original material shared in this podcast is copyright protected. Um, and everything that we talked about, all the pieces of work that we talked about um, can be found in the show notes uh, for you guys to check out. Please check out Lindsay. Um, check out her work. Her Instagram is in the uh, description as well there's um, links to where you can find all of her w written work and thank you for listening I'll catch you in next week's episode